In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. This is the Retirement Pathfinder. I'm Ben George. They are Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. They are retirement income planning specialists over at Pathfinder Wealth Management. We got a good show today. We're going to talk about inflation. It is a, I think, uh, I think anybody that's turned on the news at all or any financial news, they probably heard the word fin- inflation this year, haven't they? Oh, no yes, doubt. Definitely. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's no avoiding it. So we wanted to really kind of have a, a special edition show for you and really dive into inflation. I think this is such a great topic and one that's really top of mind for everyone. Hey, what does it mean for me, for my future? What does it mean for my plan? Am I going to have enough money? Is my money going to be worth eno- enough uh, down mm-hmm. the road? There's a lot of questions to answer and we'll be doing that today. But we are preparing and recording this uh, not to what, a few days before Thanksgiving. You guys have big plans this week? Uh, my plans are really going to be very, very simple this year. I'm going out to my daughter's and a very small crowd this year. But, you know, we said this will be it'll be kind of nice. It'll just be nice. Yeah. It's nice when it's a small crowd, too. Yeah, we're going to my son's house. He and his wife, they're going to fix it, fix it all. And so we get to go, we get to mess it up, and then we get to leave. <laughs> there you go. Yep. That's perfect. <laughs> that's that's the is. ideal situation. Yeah. Well, yeah. What about you, Ben? Uh, we're going to go to my wife's uh, mom's house with some uh, her side of the family. So Thanksgiving is her her favorite holiday. So it works well because mine's Christmas. So we can kind of each kind of do what we want to do for those holidays. So it all works out pretty well. But uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I know um, we're thankful for everyone that's tuned into the podcast this year and and yes. just want to quickly say thanks to you for listening. And, and I know we've had had a lot of people uh, tune in and giving you feedback. I know they've called the office and talked to you guys uh, quite a bit. So just want to take a, a minute before we get started just to say thanks, everyone. Very true. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we appreciate the questions. We appreciate the comments and the, uh, you know, the topics that you'd like us to discuss. So we, we appreciate your input. So So keep that up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get started, I'll remind you to pathfinderadvisory.com is the website. Um, also, you can call them directly at 815-399-9806. So if you do have questions about inflation that don't get answered today on this podcast, and there probably will be because obviously this could be a topic that we could spend hours on if we wanted to, but we don't have that kind of yeah. time today. So yeah. mm-hmm. anything you want to follow up on, I encourage you to reach out to Barbara and Phil. So I'm going to hand it over to you two today to kind of get into this and, and talk to me about what you've been hearing and, and and what maybe some of the listeners can do about inflation. All right. Well, thanks, Ben. Uh, for our listeners, we, we try to keep things simple when we're on these podcasts, but get, get out your pen and paper because this one, we're going to go over some numbers mm-hmm. and we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think it was important to you. So Ben, we're going to call this episode Doomsday Scenario 2.1. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to um, wait. I'm going to have Phil explain why he wants to call this out, this one 2.1. So let's see where we stand this month and just as importantly, how we got here. So I'm going to give you all the sort of details and hopefully Phil will give you some insights as to a, a balance on, on all this bad news. To define inflation, basically, to begin with, it's too many dollars chasing too few of goods and services. So what created it? Well, this excess funding from the government offset lost wages, which is an increase in an M2 money supply in circulation. We need to first of all define M2 money supply. Well, it's all cash, checking accounts, and easily convertible near money. It's an indicator of future inflation, and also the central bank uses it for monitoring its policies. So the Fed controls the sum of bank reserves and the currency in circulation. Well, the growth of M2 from December of 2019, which was right, right about when COVID hit, 
December of 2019 through August of this year is important to note because of the historical increase. M2 money supply grew by $5.5 trillion. Wow. Wow. $5.5 trillion, <laughs> Phil. That's a 36% increase in only one and a half years, driven by the Fed's purchase of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. That's at a faster increase than anything we've seen since 1959, according to Desmond Lachman of the American Enterprise Institute. That's faster than four times the 7% growth rate. Well, why did this happen? Well, we had the Paycheck Protection Program, which was established in response to the impact on businesses. We had Stimulus 1, 2, we had Stimulus 3, and that gave an incentive to workers to stay home. Now the question is, could there be a fourth stimulus with the Build Back mm-hmm. Better plan? That's some of the talk mm-hmm. now. And there's no qualifications for this if you're as to whether you're working. Questions asked, it's just, you know, the checks come to you. So, you know, uh, this is an incentive for workers to stay home. Companies shut down due to no workers. People not going out to buy. We have lockdowns, fear, products in, in container ships off the coast of California because they can't unload. No dock workers, no truck drivers, et cetera. Also, because people didn't get out, they save billions of dollars mm-hmm. that are now flowing into the economy. Yeah, let's go spend some of this money, right? Yeah, but then <laughs> too bad because shelves are empty and product demand has driven costs up. And that's uh, the result. Well, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which is a proxy for inflation, indicates a 6.2 level of inflation this past 12 months. This is the highest it's been since 1981 when it hit 10.32%. It's 40 years ago, Phil. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're all feeling the bite of inflation. If we just look at the eight sectors measured by the CPI, energy is up 30%, including gas up 49.6%, fuel oil up 59%, natural gas up 28%. Mm. And we around here will be seeing that in our heating bills this winter, I'm sure. Uh, Food is up 5.3%. Well, the other six sectors minus energy and food include housing, apparel, transportation, medical costs, Education and communication are up 4.6%. By the way, used cars are at a premium of 26, up 26%. So I don't wow. know if anybody's looking for a wow. used car. Well, you'd be lucky to find one, but don't expect any deals. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so as much as we would like to think that inflation is short-lived, as the government insists, what would happen if, what would happen to our money and our investments if we had a sustained inflation period of, say, 10 years, like it was from 1970 to 1979? That was a cumulative 103% inflation in that 10-year time frame. Or even worse, what if we go into hyperinflation, as a few economists are promoting? So what, 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 is, what is hyperinflation? Well, hyperinflation is defined as rapid, excessive, and out-of-control general price increases in the economy. Is it possible for prices to rise over 1,000% like it did in the post-World War I Germany? Or even today in Venezuela, mm-hmm. where inflation has increased since 2016, five years. Now, this number is, is, is astronomical. I had to check it twice. But it, it is true, yes. Yep. But so inflation in Venezuela has increased since 2016 by 53,798,500%. Yes, that's 50 million, 50 million percent, 54 million percent in five years. So that's something for you to think about if you think socialism is the way to yeah, go. Yeah, how's our- that socialization plan going for you down there, Venezuela? Yeah, hmm. I just look up, you know, if, if that's what you think we want, well, then look up their economy, do yeah. some research on that. Yep. yep. So um, these hyperinflation events are rare, and there have only been 62 episodes in world history, and none have occurred in the U.S., but the question is, what if? 
Well, it here's Phil to address that possibility and also to provide some inflation-proof solutions. Yeah, in, in fact, uh, you know, when I was in high school way back in the Stone Age, you know, we didn't have uh, typewriters. We had stones and chisels back in those <laughs> days, Ben. Uh, I read a book called Fiat Money Inflation in France, and it was about, uh, this was during the, uh, between uh, 19th and 20th century, they, they printed so much money, they didn't have any way to back up the currency and it just went out in bushel barrels full, kind of like what we saw in post-World War I Germany, mm-hmm. where my relatives came. You know, They came from Germany to the United States to avoid that from happening. It was so bad, people were starving to death. And so mm-hmm. hyperinflation could, in fact, uh, lend itself to, uh, to starvation. But like Barb said, it only happened about 62 times in our, our world's history, and it's never happened here. But what if it does? And so you know, why are we calling this the doomsday scenario 2.1? Well, because several years ago, eh, probably five or six years ago, uh, we made a presentation called the doomsday scenario when it appeared like inflation was going to raise its ugly head again. So once again, we're here and we're needing help to provide some perspective on the history of inflation and the impact it might have on our society today and, and on the lives of our listeners, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be sure, inflation uh, is never a good thing because it means that costs uh, will go up. And in extreme situations, like I said, you could have hyperinflation and that can re- create some real, real difficult problems. And I know down, down there in South America, they're having some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kid about them, but I mean, that's, it's a serious situation. People are starving to death down there. And so, you know, we can only do so much. But let's take a look at an extreme example that happened here. Most people didn't hear about it, but it happened in Brazil. And it was from 1988 until 2013. During that period of time, the total inflation rate, according to the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, which is very well known and respected. Now, get this. If you think the $54 billion or million, was it million? $54 million? $54 million, yeah. Okay, listen to this. How about $36,945,277,976%? Yes, fans, yes. that's what we said. Seven, 37 billion percent in inflation during that period of time. Mm. Unreal, unreal mm-hmm. during that, that period of time. The worst period was from 1988 to 1994, when it was compounded each year at 114% compounded. One, unbelievable. What did, what did the people of Brazil experience during that time? Well, it, it was nothing to laugh about. In fact, what happened was that the country changed their currency five times because the paper became worthless. So anytime that they couldn't back up their paper uh, dollars or whatever their their uh, transactional uh, dollar was at that time, they they just changed it. And as they say, it's not worth the paper it was printed on. And so they uh, they disregarded it and they went to five different types of currency during that time. And uh, by the way, uh, one of the things that we have to realize about currency is that you know when you have currency, when you have that dollar in your in your hand or the cruzado, which is being used down there in in Brazil. Aren't you really loaning your money to the federal government? Right. That's what you're doing. It's based on the full faith and confidence that the people have in the government. It's not based on any assets whatsoever. And so you're really loaning your money to the government to be lent out to other people. Well, let's talk about their banking system. This is incredible too. Mm -hmm. So if you had a a billion cruzada, which is really equivalent to a million dollars US at that time, back in 1988, okay, by December 31st, 2005, Barb, do you know what that million dollars was worth? A couple of pennies. Well, you better believe it. It was worth 21 cents. A million dollars. A million dollars deflated or became practically worthless. Uh, and it's because the banking system collapsed. What you had was you had a tremendous amount of sovereign debt that uh, Brazil was under that they couldn't uh, make good on. 
And during that 17-year period of time, they lost 59% of its value, the currency did during that period of time. And so you wouldn't want to put your money into a Brazilian bank at that point, believe me, right? 21 cents of US, wiped out, devaluation. So the people lost faith in their monetary system after the government continued to owe more than they produced. Huh, that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Right. It looks like we're heading that way in this country as well, Mm -hmm. resulting in high default Mm -hmm. rates to other nations. And so there was nothing to back up the currency. So when you have those cash dollars, realize that you're a loaner of your money to, uh, to the government. But, but now here's the thing. Now, this is the hope. This is really what you're looking for as far as the good news part of it. Right. <laughs> How did equities do with the Brazilian environment? How did it do versus inflation? Well, here's the good news. When you own securities, you are an owner, not a loaner, but you're an owner of those particular companies, Right. So even though the inflation ban rose by 36 billion percent during that period of time, the uh, Brazilian stock market, which is called the, the Bove Spa, produced 214 billion percent return. Hmm. 214 hmm. billion percent return. In more understandable terms, what it means is that they averaged 13.6 percent average annual return from 1988 to 2013. 25 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a bad return, right? Right. right. So if you, if you owned, uh, you know, Cruzados, you owned a dollar, you lost all your money. If you had equities in the Brazilian market, where they were actually, there were companies there that were making products and, and providing services for their people. What they did basically is they were almost inflation proof because what they did is the cost of goods and services, those increases had to be passed along to the consumer, right? And all those expenses that took to manufacture those products were passed along to the consumer. And as prices rose to cover those, those costs, okay, so did profits. They went right. up as well. So you want to be an owner of investments, not a loner. So the lesson learned was as long as Brazil or any other nation for that matter is capitalistic, right? In other words, they're, they have companies that have the ability to do free trade in the markets. Yep. They're, not capital, they're not socialistic. They're capitalistic. Okay, then profits and returns on investments will remain. Now, let's take a look at the United States. This is really important to understand, Ben, because you know it's possible that we have hyperinflation. I don't think it'll go that far. I think we'll have enough uh, breaks on the economy here to prevent this from happening here. But what if it did? So the data I'm going to share with you comes from the official data.org and also from uh, Dimensional Fund Advisors. And we have to understand that we've always had inflation in this country. Now, we haven't had it as high as we had recently, but from 1970 through the end of last year, okay, which is 50 years during this 50-year period of time, five decades, inflation averaged, can you guess what it was, Barb? I was going to say uh, about 4%. Yep, 4.09% is what it averaged. Okay. And um, yeah, and so during the five, those five decades, we actually had two of those five decades where inflation was greater than the return in the stock market, in the United States stock market. So I want you to bear that in mind. In fact, in 1970, 1977, or 79, rather, inflation actually doubled. It doubled the, uh, in other words, you lost 100% of, uh, uh, half of the value of your money. It was 103% during that 10-year period of time. And it's the highest inflation rate we had since 1913. So I think we all remembered the 70s. I don't know, well, Barb, do you remember standing in the gas line? I do. You know, <laughs> yes, it car- was rationed because I remember yep. we were heading to uh, Arizona and we, yeah. <laughs> we, had, yeah. we had to wait. Yes. When, when, I, when I bought my first car in 1967, I mean, gasoline prices were like 30 cents a gallon, you know, and by the time we got done in the 1970s, it had gone up tremendously because of inflation, right? Yeah. 
So during that 10 year period of time, you know, inflation basically halved our money and uh, we had 103%, it was about 7.25%. Well, you know, the stock market as measured by the S&P 500 only did 6.23%. So yeah, Mm -hmm. inflation beat the stock market and it did so again from 2000 to 2009. Now, now here's the deal. You got to kind of put this into perspective, right? So if you bought a house, let's say back in 1970, for $10,000. Was it possible to do that then? I guess. I would think back then. Okay. 1970, buy a house for $10,000 mm-hmm. in 1970. Today, based on inflation, okay, you would have to come up with $65,890 to buy the same type of house, $65,890. However, let's say you put your money into the S&P 500, even during the, the five, those five decades, that 50-year period of time, even with the stock market having lost money due to inflation for 20 years, during that period of time. Mm-hmm. Listen to this, Ben. That $10,000 became $1,519,684. Wow. Yes. Yes. And yeah. so people don't realize that, you know, countries are not companies. Countries mm-hmm. do all kinds of goofy things with, uh, with their currency, with their, uh, their trade uh, agreements, with their tariffs, with all kinds of taxation. But you know what? Companies are run by really smart people that know how to make profits. They know, how, they know what the public demands in terms of products and services, and they will position their companies to make profits for their stockholders and their shareholders. So hmm. here's the bottom line. The stock market has consistently outperformed inflation over long periods of time. Not, not every year. Bear in mind, okay, that doesn't do it every single year. But if you're allocated properly, Barb, even That's during right. from from 2000 to 2009, even though the S&P lost money, if you had been allocated across the board properly, you would have actually, actually made money in the stock market. Sure. Right? Value companies and international did well. Correct. Yes. Yes. There were asset classes that did well, even during those inflationary times. So we said the only reason you invest in the stock market and take a little bit more risk, right? And really, are you taking more risk? What is the risk of inflation? It's yeah. 100%. You know, you're going to have inflation, right? There's, you're going to lose your dollars. You're going to lose some money along the way. But if you put your money in the stock market, you stay ahead of inflation long term. So the bad news is that, yes, we will have inflation. You know, it will hurt. We'll have to dig down deeper in our pocket. We're going to have to come up with more money to buy the 400 or so consumer assets or products that are really listed in the consumer price index. But the good news is that if you stay disciplined and stay in the market, you'll be able to offset and afford those higher prices. Yeah, very true. You know, I was thinking earlier too, Phil, that if if someone was a new investor in the last, let's say 10, even 20 years, Mm -hmm. inflation's averaged in the last 20 years, about 2.3%. Very, very low. Just in the last 20. Mm -hmm. You you know, we go out 40 and then it's a little bit higher average, but so, so there's many investors that have never even experienced inflation. Oh, so they, they don't, don't know what it is. They yeah. don't know what it is. And so, um, yeah, and even though inflation right now is 6.2%, um, it's going to be higher than that by the time this is all done. It, it could be, could very well be. I'm, you know, in fact, we're just, um, you know, we don't want to politicize anything here, but, you know, a lot of it's got to do with the current policies and what's going on. You know, the government has to make some, they have to pull the right levers here. Right. There's no doubt about it. They're going to have to push the right buttons to get this under control. Whether it's a new Fed chairman, we don't really know what's all going to go into the into the cake to bake it. But we do know that we will have inflation. And if we do, and when we do, you need to stay stay put in the market. Do not bail out. Don't get out of the stock market because you know you get out, you lose. And then you're back to what? Paper dollars again, right? Yep. You're loaning your money back to the government. And that's a sure uh, loss in, in the inflationary environment. 
So yeah, like you said too, it depends on how the the Fed uh, looks at inflation. You know, if uh, they feel that they have it under control, mm, well, you know, they might not do anything. Right. But, I mean, uh, part of it is they have to tighten up the uh, the money flow. Is what it basically reduce purchasing. Right? Yeah. Right. Fewer dollars, and that means that interest rates will go a little higher. But uh, also, we we have to understand that you know companies will not be able to borrow as much uh, money to operate and so forth and so on, and things will start to constrict in the economy. And so, you know, there's some uh, techniques that they do use uh, from time to time to help to even it out and to lessen the possibility of inflation. But again, you know, it's it's one of these kind of things where we can't just kind of sit idly by. We have to be aware of what's going on in the economy. And we have to encourage our politicians to make some good decisions. Right. Well, you know, raising short-term interest rates would be good for bonds, not mm-hmm. long-term bonds, if certainly at this point in time, but short to mid-term bonds would be good for your portfolio. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Ben, I think that's going to wrap it up as far as our explanation about what's going on with inflation, kind of a warning, but also at the same time, some good news to, to go along with it. Yeah, I think some great information there and some things to think about as you're trying to plan for inflation. Is there anything we can read into the Social Security's uh, cost of living adjustment being at 5.9% that we found out recently? Is that is that a sign that inflation is here for a little bit? Because it doesn't seem like they would jump it that much if they thought inflation was coming down uh, in the next year, right? Or am I misreading that? Well, I think what they're going to do is, you know, one of the things we know about the consumer price index, Ben, is that it always goes up. So if you have 5.2% indicated there, what that means is that the cost of goods and services have gone to that level, and that's where they're going to, where they're going to stay, and they'll go up from there. They won't, they won't ever go backwards. Okay. Right. You know, we never, we never really see a reduction in prices of services mm-hmm. and so forth. Right. And so what they're, what they're going to do is they're going to say, hey, uh, you know, we want our, our retirees to go ahead and keep up with inflation, right? It's not, it's not a... Uh, a get rich thing, a uh, quick thing. It's not. It's right. not where they're going to make more money, but it's going to offset the cost of goods and services as measured by the CPI, and that's the uh, the proxy that's used for inflation. Yeah, that is, that's a good point too, Ben. Because yep. I've had clients um, tickled pink about the fact that they're going to get over a five percent increase this year. Until I explain to them, that's yeah. going to offset the cost of you know your goods and services as you continue to purchase those. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to be making more money right. necessarily because it's going to be. Uh, absorbed by the increases along the way here in in the left pocket out the right yep right (laughs) yeah well this is a a great conversation and one that i think everyone can can really benefit from so uh please share the episode with someone that you think would like to learn more about inflation and maybe what's the common some things you can do to plan for it and as you can tell there are some things you can do to offset these rises and so you know also make sure you reach out to barbara and phil sit down with them and, and actually look at your plan and see where you need to might you know you might need to make some adjustments and you can do that by visiting pathfinderadvisory.com and you can call them as well at 815-399-9806. So I know this is not a conversation we're excited to get into, uh, Barbara and Phil, but I think it's one that's absolutely necessary for people as they kind of start thinking ahead to, to 2022. They do. They need some good good news ahead of the uh, Thanksgiving holiday here, don't they? Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Well, we appreciate everyone uh, that has listened uh, throughout the year. And again, have a great Thanksgiving. You, you both, Barbara and Phil as well. And uh, we'll talk to you again here pretty soon. Yes, you too, Ben, and all our listeners. Thank you. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.